All right, Pastor Mike gave me the thumbs up. That means let's go ahead and start. So let me open this up in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you. And tonight is a special night to commemorate, to remember, to rejoice, to, uh, to come before you humbly, to acknowledge what you've done. So tonight we give all this time to you. Thank you, Lord, that for your amazing, great love. And uh, Lord, we, we just thank you. We, we celebrate more tonight as we share about this special evening. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so tonight um, we're going to be incorporating some worship. We'll do a couple songs, then Pastor Mike's going to come up and share some scripture, and then we'll do. And we'll be interspersing. We'll be singing some songs between his messages in between. So it's not like okay, we just do a bunch of uh, we worship together, and then his message in the closing. We're going to be we're going to be worshiping together throughout the whole evening tonight. So I think it'll be very special. So uh, if you if you can, if you're able, uh, stand up and let's let's worship the Lord together.
Save us. 
succeeded. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you again. We thank you for tonight. And Lord, it's a special night. Tonight we can come to remember the price for our salvation, the price for our redemption, our forgiveness. And Lord, I just pray your spirit would move in us these words and the songs that we sing. And may it bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, as um, Henry mentioned, tonight's going to be a little bit different. It's not about a message, a sermon, but it's just a night to remember what Christ did for us. So I'm going to ask you all, um, really just sit there in reflection, in prayer. Um, just think about the story, the events that led up to why we're here today. Uh, tonight, we remember God's sacrificial love shown to us through Christ's suffering and his death. And I want to challenge us to be mindful of two perspectives as we go through the passages today or tonight. The perspective, of course, of Jesus, our Lord, but also the perspective of his closest followers. Jesus' followers, they couldn't grasp what was happening before their eyes. They couldn't understand it. And at times, we're going to see that it was probably just too overwhelming for them. Yet Jesus understood. He understood exactly what was taking place. Last night, or last night, last Sunday, we saw Jesus being heralded as a king as he entered Jerusalem, just as we sang. But today we see Jesus as the sacrificial lamb. And while we weren't present like nearly 2,000 years ago to witness it before our eyes, I believe that we can place ourselves, we can relate to that experience that some of those witnesses experienced. We may be able to identify ourselves in that story. So we'll read parts of the narrative tonight, and then we're going to have some, a couple songs of reflection as, uh, in, in dispersed within the, the reading. And you don't have to stand for those. You can stay seated. Um, you can sing. Please do sing. Be prayerful about the words you're singing as well. And um, hopefully we can reflect on why we're here tonight. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 26, verse 20. Now when evening had come, he was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me. And being deeply grieved, they each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. Imagine the scene. Jesus is with his closest followers. And he breaks this news to them. Imagine the scene the confusion, the probable indignation by just even those words Jesus would say. These are his closest followers. How could Jesus say we would betray him? 
Haven't we been so faithful these past couple years, these past few years? We've left so much to sacrifice for him. And he would say we would, one of us would betray him? Wouldn't it be ironic if these were some of the thoughts that went through the disciples' minds when Jesus said, one of you would betray me? It'd be ironic for them to kind of even consider, wait a second, we sacrificed so much for you to follow you. Why would we betray you? And they would think about the sacrifice they paid. Yet in that very moment, the moments that are going to lead up to it, Jesus is going to be the one to lay down the ultimate sacrifice. How often we're quick to complain about sacrifice for the Lord. Perhaps we would be there also, and we would be certain that it wouldn't be me. There's no way I could turn my back on the Lord. Jesus would continue to lay out what he was about to do. Verse 26, and while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Again, picture them. Was Jesus talking in parables again? He often used parables to teach. And here he gives this powerful visualization of what he will shortly do. His body will be broken. His blood will be shed for forgiveness of sin. But yet, can you imagine the disciples in this moment saying, what does this mean? He couldn't literally be broken, would he? No way could Jesus be literally expecting for his blood to be shed. I'm sure they assumed that this was probably just another parable, perhaps, that Jesus was speaking on. In verse 30, and after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Verse 33, But Peter answered and said to him, Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you this very night, before cock crows, you shall deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing too. Here again, Jesus predicts that they will all scatter and leave him. At this point, I imagine Peter had enough of this talk. This talk of someone betraying him, leaving him. Peter could not imagine a scenario where he would ever betray Jesus. But yet Jesus declares to Peter, he will deny him not once, but deny him three times. He says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And the others would follow Peter and echo his passionate objection. I imagine the disciples are all welled up with passion, 
cry insistence on their loyalty as they boast in their strength. Yet Jesus remains humble. I don't think we can imagine the emotional turmoil and distress Jesus will endure. Imagine your closest friends knowing that they will betray you in your deepest time of need. In moments, his, chosen, his closest followers and friends will abandon him. One will betray him. One of his closest followers and friends will fail him <clears throat> by denying, not even knowing him. And yet he will remain the ultimate friend. We treasure faithfulness in our relationships. We cannot fathom the level of faithfulness Jesus shows us. Though his friends fail him, he will not. Think of those words as we sing the next song. Yeah. 
And after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him and took the reed and began to beat him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took his robe off and put his garments on him and led him away to crucify him. You'll be mocked, spat on, brutally whipped and beaten. It was not that long ago. Crowds enthusiastically all welcomed him into Jerusalem. Yet despite the crowd that followed him, laid down the palm branches and waved them in the air as he entered Jerusalem, Jesus was alone. Not that long ago, the crowd sang out, Hosanna. Now Jesus is facing a mob yelling, crucify him, crucify him. As for Peter, while Jesus is going through an illegal trial, being brutally beaten and audaciously mocked, Peter watched and waited at a distance, a distance he thought was safe. Verse 54, and having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was alone, following at a distance. And after they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, another saw him and said, you are one of them too. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, certainly this man was also with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him before cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus was left alone to withstand his accusers. Peter was alone to stand up to his accusers. The strength Peter thought he had was nowhere to be found. And Peter fled the scene in bitter tears because he knew he failed. Imagine seeing the Lord's eyes the moment you betray. Peter will eventually be restored by Jesus. But first he would experience his lowest moment. In our lowest moments, we discover how desperately we need Jesus. In our low moments, do we understand the powerful honesty of the song we're about to sing? 
called the skull. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were staring at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. After being beaten and sentenced to death, Jesus carried the cross until he could no longer. Simon the Serene was pointed out to help carry the cross all the way to Golgotha. Only John and the women including his mother Mary, Mary's sister, and Mary Magdalene, are noted to be witnessing Jesus, his final moments. Jesus is literally bearing the shame on his shoulders, his heart heavy, struggling to catch a breath, the weight unbearable, yet still on the cross, Jesus' love said, Father, forgive them, for they don't understand what they're doing. I don't believe that's just the soldiers, religious leaders. I think he speaks on behalf of all who have sinned. Jesus intercedes for the guilty before the Father in his most excruciating point. And it was now about the sixth hour and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun being obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. All the miracles, all the teaching led to this moment. The law, the Psalms, the words of the prophets point to this moment. Jesus was stood hours on the cross bearing the weight of humanity's sin. He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The scrutiny, 
the betrayals, the mockery, the ridicule, the beatings, and the humiliation was done. Finish. Jesus was the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for sin on our behalf. And the wages, wages of sin is death, and the price was paid in full. This moment of uh, seeming defeat, however, would not end in defeat. Amen? Indeed, Christ's great love for us will lead to victory. Victory over sin and death. And the Lamb of God who took the sins of guilty men will rise and will take his rightful place on his throne. And I like to think when Jesus heard the people cry out when he entered Jerusalem, Hosanna, Lord, save now. I imagine Jesus thinking, just wait, it's coming. Salvation is near. Praise the Lord. He made a way for us to reign with him. Amen? Amen. That he covered us in his righteousness by his blood. And praise God, the story doesn't end here. Praise God, in two days, in the morning, we celebrate the ultimate Victory in Christ. I think that's better than any Super Bowl win, anything we could ever cheer about. So I look forward to seeing you all Sunday as we celebrate his resurrection together. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with us. God bless you guys. Go and reflect on the Lord and just bask in His goodness. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good night.